Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners. Thank you for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I'm your host, Belsis Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. And uh, we are very excited to be live on the air with you uh, when we took on this challenge uh, last, I think it was what, in the beginning of the year? No, um, no, no. It, it was it was sometime in March or February, sometime no, around that's, there. That's the beginning of the year, pretty much. Yeah, well, sort of. um, we decided that we were going to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting, and uh, I hope that everybody's been tuning in. If you haven't, I think we have a really, really good show today, so this is the, the right time to tune in. What can you say? Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to be discussing something that has become really popular. And, um, you know, it's popular to pay people that should be considered employees as independent contractors. So this week we're going to go in in depth analysis on whether you are an employee or truly a contractor. So both employers and employees should listen. As Belsus mentioned, we are live on the air and happy to take calls. The call-in number is one eight eight eight. go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. So we know that, you know, you're probably at work, you're on your lunch break, you know, whatever. Um, you don't want somebody to listen to your uh, confidential questions. So you can always email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And before we move forward, I just want to stress that the uh, advice given on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature. Craig W. Smalley EA and uh, CWSEAPA LLP and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on the radio show. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor. And um, we are online. You can find us at taxavoidanceislegal.com and you can email your questions throughout the week to us, as Craig mentioned, info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Any emails that we received uh, throughout the week, we always try to feature on Friday's uh, live show. And our show is sponsored by CWSEAPA LLP. We are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. You can always give us a call at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 844 844- Two nine seven three two seven two, and Tax Crisis Center LLC. We are the nation's premier tax resolution firm. You can reach Tax Crisis Center at one eight five five IRS two nine one one. So, Bells, you know it's really expensive to have employees. I am pretty certain of that. But why don't you tell the audience why that is? Why is it so expensive? Well, so obviously you pay somebody a wage. Let's say you pay somebody $15 an hour. And then um, what you have to do as an employer is you have to match their Social Security and Medicare. So that's an additional 7.65%. Then on top of that, you have to pay unemployment to the federal government and unemployment to the state. And every state is different. So I'm just going to use Florida as an example. So Florida, you have to pay 2.7% up to... Uh, $7,000 and then it stops. So um, in addition, if you have a retirement plan or anything like that, you have to open it up for the employee. And if you have any benefits at all, any of them, health insurance, any of that, you have to open it up to your employee. So it can get extremely expensive to have employees. Yeah, I'm uh, quite uh, familiar with this. I mean, we have employees and it it always feels like Money comes in and it comes right back out, especially come payroll time, um, and it, it's never-ending money just being drained. And uh, lucky for us, our employees are worth it, but it, it's definitely expensive. 
Yeah, so here's the problem, and, and let me sort of set this up for you, is that, you know, when companies, they go into business, they're looking for ways to save money. So a lot of companies are look, looking to circumvent the law, and they'll pay what would ordinarily be employees as subcontractors. And this has become so popular. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I used to see this, I used to see this once a year, you know, back a few years ago. I'm seeing it at least 10 to 15 times a year now. So it's mm-hmm. become extremely popular. Yeah, I've noticed that trend. We seem to get a lot of folks, you know, when it comes tax time to bringing in a lot of 1099s. So why don't you uh, go into explaining exactly what constitute an employee versus a subcontractor? Because I think this is where a lot of folks get in trouble and get confused. They don't know the difference. Yeah, so basically the IRS has a whole um, checklist of, you know, uh, uh, of items that basically um, dictate what is an employee versus subcontractor. So if you if somebody pays you by the hour, you work at their location, you have a desk, you work under their direction, you pay, um, you know, all of that. Basically, you have control over them. They work set hours, any of that. They're an employee regardless of anything else they are considered an employee they're not a subcontractor now let me give you a perfect example of somebody being a subcontractor so for my clients i am obviously a subcontractor they don't expect me in their office at 9 a.m on monday morning they don't expect me to work certain hours or anything like that because i'm truly self-employed and anybody that is a subcontractor is truly self-employed Yes, that's a great point to make um, because uh, a lot of folks don't, don't understand that, that if you are being paid as a contractor, you're basically self-employed, which goes into a whole other, you know, mess with when it comes to taxes, which I'm sure you'll address later on in the show. But isn't there like a big case going on right now that uh, addresses all of this? Yes. So everything has come to a head and Uber, um, the, uh, the, the car sharing service, they're being sued in a class action lawsuit because, um, their subcontractors feel that they're wrongly being classified as subcontractors and they should actually be employees. Hmm. Now what's your, what, what do you think about that? Uh, I heard about it. I heard about this, obviously, nowadays with Uber, you know, services like Uber and Lyft being so popular and, and becoming more and more popular, um, you know, throughout the states because of the flexibility that it provides for everyone. It provides um, more options for those who are seeking rides, and it also provides, um, you know, an option for folks who want to make additional money and things like that. I've heard of several folks I know that have decided to, you know, become a driver or in between jobs and decide to take up a job with Uber or Lyft. So what what do you think about all this, about what's going on in the case? Well, I mean, I don't know enough about the case because they haven't started the case. So the only thing, the only thing that has happened is there's been pre-trial motions. So I don't know enough about the case, but the case was set to begin trial on June the 20th of 2016. However, on April the 5th, 2016, the ninth, the ninth circuit granted Uber's request for an immediate appeal of the trial court's ruling. Um, that had held Uber's arbitration clause to be enforceable and certified the case for class action covering most drivers in California. So this is going on in California. So Uber had moved to postpone the trial so that the Ninth, so that the ninth Circuit could hear this appeal first. 
its request was pending when we um, when they reached the settlement. So um, what happened was um, Uber tried to say, wait a minute, this can all be handled in arbitration. Mm-hmm. And the Ninth Circuit is saying, no, 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 this is not going to be handled in arbitration. So they're sort of at a standstill right now, but um, trial should begin pretty soon. Oh, this sounds like one of those cases I'm actually going to be interested in following usually i don't really i don't usually get into this whole thing i know it's more your thing but honestly in this case it's very interesting to me i really can't wait to see what comes of this because it could really it could really change a lot um you know in terms of uh this whole uh employer versus uh contractor thing and and it's something that's as you mentioned earlier in the show it's becoming more and more rampant we see it all the time and so what happens if a company uh, you work for, let's say you are on the on the driver side, or you're on that other side of the the. You're not the employer; you're the employee here. And the company you work for asks you to sign a contract or agreement. Um, there would be nothing you can do, right? No, 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 no. So you can't, you can't take law. So you can't take my obligation under law and contract that away. So if I have a certain obligation, especially when it comes to income tax, which is what I'm talking about. So, um, when it comes to income tax, I can't contract that away to somebody. So my tax obligation is my tax obligation. I can't by contract say that now my tax obligation is your tax obligation. And that's where they're going to get in trouble on this if it does come back and say that um you know these they're actually employees so that's something to really really watch here and pay attention to but you know i really believe that this all boils down to control so when we mm-hmm. get in and talk about you know the taxation of all of this cuz i'm not going to talk about the legalities of it i'm going to talk about the taxes which is sort of legal but um, when it comes down to taxes, we're talking about control. Who has control over the employee? Right, I agree. And uh, you know, it's it's, it's uh, again, we're not lawyers, so there's a whole legal aspect to this case. I'm sure that you know exactly. And we're not going to discuss any legalities outside mm-hmm. of tax law. Yeah, but the the there the thing you mentioned that I, I thought was perfect uh, the way you described it is you know you can't contract out your uh, obligation to pay taxes as an employer which is one of the main reasons employers love to hire independent contractors because that's and exactly- I've seen and I've seen those independent contractor agreement they, mm-hmm. they say that you're responsible for your own taxes and I always read that and kind of chuckle to myself you can't you can't by contract tell somebody that what was your tax obligations now somebody else's you you can't do that yeah, there's a lot more to this, like you said. Uh, a simple, uh, just because you have somebody signed that independent contractor agreement does not absolve you from, from them actually being classified not. as a employee versus an independent contractor. I'm sure you, you'll go more into this, but I think, uh, since there's so much more to cover, we maybe should take a little break. I want to remind everyone that, uh, they can call in if they have any questions. 1-888, go for it. 1-888-463-6748. If you're out there, you're experiencing this, you're in a situation where you are uh, being asked to sign an uh, independent contractor agreement. You don't think you should. You feel like you should be classified as an employee or your, uh, you know, your employer gave you a 1099. Uh, we get this all the time. Give us a call live on the air. We'll be happy to discuss it with you. And if you don't feel comfortable discussing it on the air, feel free to email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. We'll be happy to point you in the right direction and give you some tips. And after uh, we come back from break, Craig will discuss more about uh, contractors versus employees.
At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center LLC is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we are talking about uh, contractors versus uh, employees. And uh, I want to remind everyone that our call-in number is 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748. You can also visit us on the web at TaxAvoidanceIsLegal.com. You can email your questions to us at info at TaxAvoidanceIsLegal.com. As I mentioned, I know a lot of folks are at work right now. If you don't want people in the office to hear you asking a confidential question, email us uh, during the show and we will try to get to as many uh, emails as possible. Um, And we're starting to get some of these uh, questions via email. Craig, are you ready to tackle some of them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's one uh, that's exactly kind of what we were talking about. Jessica in Salt Lake City says that she started working for a company, and they made her sign an independent contractor's agreement. Um, and she wants to know if there's anything she could do. Uh, there's nothing she could do now, is there? She's asking. No, yeah, there's a lot you can do. So a lot of people don't realize this, and we're going to get into this in depth um, later in the show. You can absolutely, come tax time, when you get that 1099, you can pay one half of the Social Security and Medicare, which is what you should have paid to begin with, and then you file a form um, with the Internal Revenue Service, and you answer a bunch of questions, and you basically tell them that um, you should have been an employee, and then the IRS opens opens up a full um, employee audit. Now, employer audit. So the good thing about that is um, you remain anonymous. So the IRS doesn't tell them that you're the one that did it. So you don't have to worry about being fired or anything like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot you can do. And you brought up a really good point because one of the things that we do find is that folks are scared to bring this up. Obviously, if you are currently working for that and you don't want to lose your your job, uh, people are afraid of questioning, you know, whether or not they uh, should. No, 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 no. This is the, the, the IRS is a really good whistleblower law, law and this falls under the whistleblower law. So you remain anonymous. 
but I just wanted to make sure folks were aware of that, and that's a really good thing for them to know, um, and we should definitely communicate that out to everyone so that they're aware that there is something they can do. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, just so people know, I think it would be a good place to start. What are the definitions of an employee, and what is the definition of an independent contractor? Well, I'm going to give you um, probably, I'm going to give you a definition of what we call an employee. So, for instance, I have an assistant, I have an intern, I have a book, we have bookkeepers, we have all of that. So, they're expected to be at the office at 9 o'clock, okay? So, I expect them to be here at the office at 9 o'clock. They have their own desk. Um, I give them assignments or Belsus will give them assignments that they work on. They're paid by the hour or, or we pay them a salary um, and and um, at five o'clock, they go home, you know, so I have absolute control over everything that they do. So if um, a client comes in and, and talks with them, they're talking as an agent, you know, for us. So if you're an independent contractor, you would be just like me. I'm self-employed. I'm self-employed. So you wouldn't expect me if somebody hires me as their accountant. Like I said earlier, you wouldn't expect me at your office at 9 a.m. Monday morning, work 9 to 5. You wouldn't expect all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm truly um, an independent contractor, somebody that's self-employed. So that's basically what it is. And a lot of times these employers will blur the line there and they will yeah. – have somebody that is actually an employee, um, and they'll pay them as an independent contractor just to save money. And um, where does uh, these definitions that you're kind of giving us from, where, where are you getting it from so folks know? You're not just making this up. No, no, no. The, from the Internal Revenue Service. From the Internal Revenue Service. So, um, you know, the, the whole thing, the whole thing is, you know, go to the IRS, go to IRS.gov and look this up. It's right there. It'll tell you all of this. So this isn't something that's brand new. This isn't something that I'm making up. This, um, comes directly from the Internal Revenue Service. No, this has existed for a long time. It's just that it's becoming more and more popular as the employers out there are trying to save a buck here and there and they try to get sneaky about different little ways that they can maybe save on taxes. And I know. And, and you know what's shocking is every time I see one of these independent contractor agreements, I'm like, don't these people have accountants? You know, the mm-hmm. employer, the employer, because if, if one of my clients would try to do this, I would go, I'd be like, no, you can't do any of this. So, yeah, because you um, want, as, as a, well, the thing is, Craig, a lot of folks, as we've mentioned in previous shows, they just go to their accountant at the end of the year when it's time for taxes and they're not getting that, you know, monthly or quarterly contact with a with a accountant that I cannot stress how valuable that is that the service that you provide you know I, I can say this because I'm, I'm I, I know you don't like to brag about yourself but I see it you know on the other end when I see the time and effort that you put into consulting and sitting down with all of your clients and giving them the best advice you can give them and guiding them as an employer on the right way to handle things and unfortunately a lot of folks out there just go to you know your XYZ tax service at the end of the year get their taxes done and that's all they're doing. They're not getting that valuable accounting advice year-round that is in tax savings and keeping them out of trouble as well, which is something that you do quite well for all of our uh, clients. And hopefully they, I know a lot of them greatly appreciate it, but unfortunately a lot of folks out there 
don't realize the value in having uh, that accounting um, advice and the tax savings advice and tax planning advice on a monthly and quarterly basis. And this is one of those things where we help keep a lot of our uh, clients out of trouble when we see them, you know, come to us and say, is this something I can do or can't do? And I know you are really great about letting them know, no, that you cannot classify that person as an independent contractor. Yeah, and, and I know that we're going to get into this a little bit earlier or a little bit later, but I want to tell you what happens if you don't follow this, okay? So let's say that you're an employer and you decide to start paying people as independent contractors that are actually employees. Well, one of your employees is going to go out and meet somebody like me to do their tax return, and that person is going to do exactly what I just said. They're going to file this thing, there's going to be a full employer audit. So guess what happens when they find out that they're employees? This is a big deal. When the Internal Revenue Service deems that they're employees, and nine times out of ten they do, because I've been on both sides of this. I've represented the employee and I've also represented the employer. Nine times out of ten they do, so they hit you for what would have ordinarily been um, the uh, the payroll tax that you owed, and, and that then can really add up if you have. Whoa, been whoa, whoa! Doing but this. that's not even half of it. They also hit you for a hundred percent trust fund penalty. So a hundred percent of that. Because you didn't file it the, the way you should have filed it uh, to begin with. So mm-hmm. if anybody knows anything about payroll taxes, I always tell clients you can pay, you can play around with income taxes a little bit, but you cannot play around with payroll taxes and the mm-hmm. IRS will aggressively pursue you for those payroll taxes. So okay. this Definitely. is something exactly that, that you can save a couple bucks now, but later if you get caught doing it, you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. A ton of money. Exactly. And that's it. Imagine if you have more than one independent contractor because all it takes is one of them to do this. And then now you've opened yourself up to an an audit and they're going to look at everyone that you're paying as an independent contractor. And if you're talking about, and and we have seen this happen where a company's paying quite a few people as uh, independent contractors, like let's just, let's just play devil's advocate and pretend, let's say Uber, for instance, something like that, that's playing hundreds of and hundreds of folks as independent contractors. If they, if this case goes uh, the wrong way for them, this could be a nightmare and we would be talking a lot of money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it would be ridiculous. It would probably it, it would, would probably come, bankrupt them. <laughs> it would it would come close. It would come close yeah. to bankrupting. Yeah. Yeah, but I won't go into that. That's that's here nor there. But what um you know on the other end, if you are the uh, employee, um like the one we were just talking about, Jessica in Salt Lake City, who who signed this independent contractor agreement, you can't really waive your rights just because you signed an agreement, can you? No, no, no. When it comes, like I said earlier, when it comes to taxes, no, you can't, you can't, um, by contract give somebody, um, what would otherwise be your tax liability. So that would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, so I can have, oh, for us, because we pay a ton in taxes. I would absolutely love, I would absolutely love to just contract that away. Just say, Hey, my tax obligation is now your tax obligation, but it doesn't work that way. Mm, and that's exactly what we're talking about with these independent contractors, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. So uh, tell me, why is the IRS – I'm, I'm certain I know the answer to, the, to this, but uh, I want to go ahead and uh, and play, you know, play to the audience here. And why is the IRS so strict on the definition of employees exactly? Well, very, very simply, independent contractors don't like to pay their taxes. So what ends up happening is at the end of the year, everything is great during the year, okay? 
um, because, you know, nobody's withholding taxes, everybody's mm-hmm. happy, there's more money in somebody's pocket. But come the end of the year, these people have to pay income tax. And let's say they pay income tax at 15%, but on top of that, they have to pay self-employment tax at 15.3%. So really quickly, that's 30.3% in taxes that they end up having to pay. So um, a lot of um, subcontractors just won't file or you know, whatever it is, um, and, you know, to try to get out of paying this. So the IRS wants to collect the money from the source, which would be the employer. Right, because that's it's basically guaranteed. They're getting it uh, up front in a way, and they're not having to have the hassle of waiting to make sure that this person does what they're supposed to do as an independent contractor. And I just want to back up a minute something you just said and, and remind folks, because I can't, I, I can't tell you how many Folks don't realize this. I see it a lot because I've done a lot on my on the side as little things. And I know there's a lot of ladies out there maybe listening to the show, friends of mine who do this, who maybe go work for a company like, say, you know, a jewelry place as uh, a lot of these uh, at-home party places, things like that. You're basically an independent contractor when you work for these uh, these companies as well. You get a 1099. And a lot of folks don't realize what that means is you are self-employed. So you're going to get hit with that self-employment tax. And that's where they they don't realize it's not just income tax. They're going to get hit with that self-employment tax. And they don't realize it because that, uh, that 1099 is coming in their personal name. Maybe they didn't form a corporation or things like that. But you're still self-employed in the eyes of the IRS, correct? Exactly, yeah. Mm, wow. Well, um, let's say that I agreed to uh, be a subcontractor in writing, and I heard this show. I'm out there, I'm one of our listeners, and I realized that I think I should be treated as an employee. What can I do? Well, I, I briefly touched on this um, earlier, but I want to go into depth. So what you would basically do is file your tax return, and you would put the amount on your 1099 as wages, and what you would do is you would pay half of the Social Security and Medicare, so 7.65%. And then on top of that, you would also file Form SS8 with your tax return. And what that form basically is is your name um, and why you why you think that you should be an employee. So you answer the questions. It's about four pages of yes and no questions and um, describing what your duties are and things like that. So you file that along with your return. Mm, okay. And what will that do exactly? Well, yeah. And, I, and again, I briefly touched on this, but it'll start a formal um, employment investigation with the Internal Revenue Service. So, um, you know, uh, again, you're anonymous. So don't think you're going to get fired or anybody's going to find out about it, it falls under the the whistleblower statute. So you are anonymous in this whole thing. So it'll start a, a formal employment investigation with your employer, with the Internal Revenue Service. Mm. And in your career, Craig, uh, what would you say? How many of these uh, SS8s have you filed? You know, that's interesting. Um, not very many until the last few years. I filed... 10 to 15 of them last year and it was um you know one of those things so exactly yeah yeah so they were progressively getting worse and worse and worse but last year was the most i've ever filed in 23 years and it was 10 to 15 of them wow well let's say i'm an employer who is either paying employees as contractors or thinking about it what advice uh, would you give me 
I think you really need to take the time and sit down with a tax accountant that knows this backwards and forwards. You really, really, really do. So, um, because if you make a mistake, like I said earlier, you have to pay all of the taxes plus a hundred percent trust fund penalty. Now, if your company goes out of business because it owes all of this money, the IRS will pursue you personally for this trust fund. So you've got to be very, very careful with this, but really get advice. Find somebody like me that's going to take you through all of the questions and, mm-hmm. and find out if these people are truly, truly independent contractors. Yeah, because like you said, those uh, it sounds like those uh, penalties uh, along with the taxes, that could be pretty substantial. And, you know, you know you'd hate to have that happen to you. Uh, so definitely getting that advice ahead of time is critical. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to stress that the IRS does not play around with employment taxes. So, um, you know, it, it, it's something that you've got to be really, really, really careful with. So, um, you know, like I said, get professional advice. Absolutely. Well, we're getting a lot of questions uh, regarding this topic. I figured we would because I know it's been, like you said, something we've been seeing more and more of. But I think we should take our next break. I want to remind everyone that they can call us at one eight 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 go for it or 888-463-6748 with their questions. Email your questions just at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. I have my inbox open and looking right at it. I'm seeing the emails coming in. So it's something that we try to tackle uh, as as we see your emails come in. We try to answer those. And on the other side of the break, uh, Craig's going to discuss more about contractors and employees and get to some of these questions. Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at one 844 C-W-S-E-A-P-A or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at cwseapayrollservice.com. At Albertus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at 1-877-695-6658 
Our website is albernaservices.com or email dalbernas at albernaservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we've been talking about contractor versus uh, employees, and I want to remind everyone of our call-in number, one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And our email is info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. You can email us uh, during the show, and we will get to as many of the emails as possible. And we've got one here, Craig, from Frances in Bismarck. Uh, Frances says that she was told by her attorney that she could have the people she hired sign independent contractor agreements, and she would avoid all the taxes and laws regarding employees, and she wants to know if that is true. No, absolutely not. No, you can't contract away your obligations. So you have a bad attorney. Yeah, sounds like Francis got some bad advice. Francis, you definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Francis, get another attorney. That's bad advice. So if you are Francis, what would you do to correct this problem, Craig? Well, I would, first of all, I would talk to a, so this is a tax and legal issue. So you want to talk to an attorney, plus you want to talk to a tax person. So um, I would talk to another attorney and, a, and I would add a tax person in there and, you know, see, see what they, you know, what they tell you. Mm-hmm. And I think you basically talked about this earlier, but just in case anyone's just tuning in, why is it exactly so popular for employers to do this uh, to make folks independent contractors? It's money. It just basically boils down to money. They want to save money in the beginning. So um, they figure not paying um, the half of Social Security and Medicare, not having to pay employee benefits and things like that will save them a few bucks. And it does. The problem is if they get caught, I mean, the penalties are so severe. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever represented an, em- an employer uh, in a case where they have misclassified their workers? Unfortunately, yes. And it was not, it did not go very well. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got in trouble. They had to pay, you know, the the taxes plus 100% trust fund penalty. So it did not go well at all. And what about on the other end? Have you represented an employee that was uh, misclassified? Yes. Yeah, I have. I have. And it's always, it's always happy days for them, you know, because (laughs) they, uh, you know, they, they always uh, save money. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there somewhere that you could tell folks to go to uh, where uh, employees and employers can go to see, kind of check and see if they should be classified as an employee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of this is, it can be found at, you know, the IRS website at irs.gov. And I just happened to pull this up. So I'm going to read to you. So, um, what we're talking about is common law rules. So facts that provide evidence of the degree of control and independence falls into three categories. Behavioral, does your company control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? Financial, are the, are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? And in parentheses, it says these include things like how the worker is paid, whether expenses are reimbursed, who provides tools, supplies, etc. Um, type of relationship. Are there written contracts or employee type benefits, i.e. pension plan, uh, insurance, vacation pay, etc.? Will the relationship continue and is the work performed by a key aspect of the business? Mm, okay. 
Good. That makes it pretty clear. I think most people seem to fall under employees, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can't always say that. You know, everybody has their own little situation, but basically it boils down to, so the employers that are listening out there, it boils down to your control over um, your employees. So if you have this behavioral, financial, and type of relationship control over your employees, then you might want to look at that again because they're probably, they're probably employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. So how are we doing on questions? I'm, I'm sure this is blowing up your email. Yes, uh, you've struck a nerve. We have a lot of them. Um, I, I've got quite a few. Do you want to tackle one or two and then go to break? or? How many do? Well, yeah, we, if we have, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. All right, let's see here. Let me get to the next one on our list here. Uh, Joey in Boston says that uh, he works as an admin for a company. Um, before he got hired, the company made him sign an independent contractor agreement and form an LLC. Can they get out of their employee requirements taking that step? Uh, forming the LLC? No, no, it doesn't matter. So, um, my, my, uh, my assistant and my employees, they are not an LLC. They're a natural person. So, um, no, absolutely not. Just taking the extra step of forming the LLC or a corporation does not, does not, uh, ab- absolve them of the employer rules. Mm, very, very good point. And, and I don't know if this is something you were planning on tackling later on, but, that is actually good advice for someone who definitely is an independent contractor and maybe uh, meets a certain income level doing that as an independent contractor. You would probably advise them to form a corporation and get some uh, tax uh, benefits and tax savings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they, if they are truly an independent contractor, then yes, absolutely. But, um, you know, what we're talking about here is could you imagine – so my, my assistant, her name is Newarka. I couldn't imagine telling her tomorrow, you've got to form an LLC and I'm going to pay you as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. That doesn't absolve it just because she's an LLC because she's not out there doing anything else under that LLC other than me paying her. So, right. um, you know, typically when you're self-employed, when you're self-employed, you're working for a lot of people, not just mm-hmm. one person. So that's another thing to kind of think about. Yeah, man, good point. Uh, Justin in Milwaukee wants to know if he files form SS8, will is his, is there any chance at all that his employer can find out that it was him who filed it? He's, he's worried. Not unless you tell them. No. Okay. So you don't think that they will fire him? No, no. I mean, you know, look, the Federal Whistleblower Act is, it will protect your name. Um, so, so, you know, they, they have no idea who filed the form. This form can then lead to the audit of the company and it normally does, but the IRS will not tell the company anything. They will only tell you. So, however, the, co- if the company finds out it was you, they could fire you, but you could sue them for wrongful termination. Understand what happens when you file that form. It opens a full blown employer audit. So, um, so your boss is not going to be happy about this. Mm, very, very good point. Well, I think we should probably take a little break so I can gather up all the rest of these uh, questions and, uh, and we can tackle them when we return. Uh, everybody who's listening, if you have a question, give us a call at 888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748 or email us your questions to info at tax avoidance is legal. When we return, Craig will tackle all of your questions. So uh, tune back in in just a minute or two and we will be back answering your questions. 
If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWS EAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation Revised Edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Belsis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today, we've been discussing uh, the differences between employees versus contractors, which is something we've been seeing uh, as a real hot topic lately. I want to remind everyone that the call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or 888-463-6748. And you can also email us your questions to info at TaxAvoidanceIsLegal.com if you're at work and you don't want uh, everyone in the office overhearing your questions, that's the best way to go. And we have quite a few emails that have rolled in um, as we were talking earlier. Uh, but, Craig, one of the things that we were just talking about with this question, we just had, uh, you know, Joey in Boston was one, I think, who said that I think his boss was trying to be slick by having him form an LLC, thinking that was going to cover things um, and definitely uh, make him be classified as an independent contractor because obviously he has his own LLC. And you explained that, you know, forcing somebody to create an LLC does not uh, absolve you of your tax liability as an employer. But there are um, folks who are legitimate, uh, you know, 1099 independent contractors, and we see this often. Uh, they, they come at the end of the year with a bunch of 1099s, and then they're really, really shocked when they owe a lot of money because they didn't realize that basically they're, they're self-employed, and not only are they going to have to pay taxes, but they have to pay that self-employment tax. So for those folks who are in those shoes, is there anything that they could do um, so that they can minimize their tax liability um, being an independent well, contractor. Well, yeah, and, and we talked about this in great detail last week. So um, if you're really interested in this, you can go to TalkZone.com and you can um, go to last week's show and listen to it. But, um, yeah, they can, they can, you know, they can 
form an S corporation and they can avoid the 15.3% in self-employment tax. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things they can do, but the problem is that a lot of people that are, that are truly independent contractors, they don't realize that until the end of their first year because they never got any professional advice or things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, but yeah, there, there's, yeah, you could form an S corporation. But it's not too late for them if, you know, to, to do it going forward, they can, form the corporation and start paying themselves through the corporation. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, you know, definitely go and seek advice before you do this. It's not something you want to tackle on your own. There are costs associated with forming a corporation. So you definitely want to, you know, ensure that uh, the costs don't outweigh the benefits of what you're doing. And, and somebody who's uh, educated in this, who's, who can form a corporation for you, such as, you know, if you have any questions, if you don't have somebody to turn to, give us a call. We'll be happy to guide you through. Um, but it's definitely something to consider if you are an independent contractor and, you know, want to save money in Texas. Absolutely. So, Craig, here come the questions. Are you ready? Man, you, you make this sound scary every week, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know I love to scare you. So, Marsha in Cincinnati says that uh, she hires employees as contractors for a probationary period of three months and then switches them to employees. Is that okay to do? No. No. The Internal Revenue Service will basically say, once you're an employee, you're always an employee. So, um, no, no, no. You can't be an independent contractor and then be an employee, especially if you're doing this over and over again because you're just showing a pattern there. So mm-hmm. if, if you have the one-off of somebody that was an independent contractor and then you turn around and pay them as an employee, that's all right. But mm-hmm. if you're showing a pattern of this, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. Yeah, because they are basically, you're showing that they're doing the same job. So obviously, exactly. Not something different that they, you know, it's not like they were an independent contractor doing one thing for you and now you've hired them as an employee. That would be different. But in this case, it sounds like she's she's trying to try them out before she decides if she wants to, if they're worth paying taxes or not. And unfortunately, although that sounds fabulous, Marsha, it doesn't work that way. No. So what, what would you recommend for someone like Marsha? Well, you can hire them, hire the employee and pay them a training wage, which would mitigate a portion of the taxes you'll have to pay. It'll also, you they're usually not um, open to employee benefits. You can pay them less. So um, the end justifies the mean. It would still be the exact same thing pretty much in the amount of money that you're saving. Yeah, you could find a legal way to save money. You're not. You could do the, you know, three months, the first three months are a probationary period and you you don't begin, your benefits don't begin until after three, three months when you become a permanent employee. So you're saving money right there on benefits. And like you said, you could also offer maybe an increase in salary once they pass their probationary period, um, which would save them um, money there. So there's ways to do this legally. Uh, don't put yourself in jeopardy and trouble just because you want to save a few bucks because believe me, the, those uh, taxes and penalties are going to be a lot more than what you're saving right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a question here from Gerald in Pensacola who says that he is working in an office and is being paid as a contractor. Should he bring this up to his employer? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a, a lot of times, you know, your employer just doesn't know. So if you bring it up to them, then, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You know your relationship with your employer, if they're receptive mm-hmm. to stuff like this. But, yeah, I bring it up to him because he may just not know or she may not know. 
Yeah, I mean, just bring it up. Say uh, you listened to a show and they were discussing this and, you know, you were just concerned and you wanted to make sure that that things were being handled right because you'd hate if it's somebody that you admire, you would hate for them to get in trouble as well as an employer. And if you value your job, obviously, you know, and if the employer's on the up and up, then maybe they just didn't know. Absolutely. Jan in San Francisco says that in Silicon Valley, hiring employees as independent contractors is the norm. Um, are you now saying that the IRS is going to start coming down on these companies? Well, I, I sense a little sarcasm in Jan's voice there, <laughs> um, but you can never tell it's email. So um, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, um, and, and what I want to point out is, I know that this is very popular in the Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. um, but I do want to point out that the IRS. Um, the rules just don't change. So the IRS is very slow to move on things. Um, you know, they're very, um, you know, and a lot of times the IRS doesn't know that there's a problem. And I think with this class action lawsuit of Uber, you know, the IRS is becoming more and more aware of this. And, you know, um, they'll probably start acting on it. The IRS moves incredibly slow. Yeah, they certainly do. And, you know, I think this, like I said earlier, this Uber thing is one to watch because, uh, you know, oftentimes it takes a big company like this to bring things into the forefront. And then, uh, you know, they realize it's a bigger problem or other companies realize, oh, shoot, I don't want to have that happen to me. And they fall in line. So what would you say um, that all of the employee versus contractor tests basically come down to? Is it all about the control? Yeah, it's basically control over employees. I mean, you know, look, there are companies that truly have independent contractors and you're not the ones I'm talking to, but most companies are just trying to circumvent the rules because of the cost. And those are the ones that I'm actually preaching this to. But there's no problem in having a business and truly having independent contractors. It it works. Sometimes it just goes that way. But but to be honest with you, to be honest with you, um, most people are just looking to circumvent the cost. You know, there are definitely legitimate businesses uh, that that have independent contractors. That's how they're set up. They're not set up to, you know, have maybe locations where they have workers under them or they're, the, these folks have uh, complete control over their schedules and who they see and what, exactly. you know, when they see them and things like that. So there's definitely folks out there who are legitimate. We don't want to make it sound like everyone who's out there paying folks as independent contractors is scamming. Uh, it, it's just that there are, unfortunately, some that are doing this as a way to cut costs and they're doing it the wrong way and they're putting themselves in jeopardy and they're putting the these uh, folks who are being classified as independent contractors in a situation where at the end of the year they're going to owe a ton of money in taxes and some of them maybe didn't even expect it. Exactly, yeah. So we have some more questions coming in here, Craig. Um, Steve in Tampa owns a web development company. He hires contractors that work from home and are web programmers. Is he classifying them right? Whoa, I don't know. That's a very broad question. It really depends. Um, there's a lot of different questions I, I would have to ask. But, you know, from what you said, um, it, it sounds like you're classifying them right. But just because somebody works from home doesn't mean that they're um, they are, uh, uh, you know, self-employed. So um, that's not really a test. I mean, in today's world, I mean, people telecommute all the time. But mm-hmm. um, there would be a ton of questions I would have to ask you. So, you know, call the office one eight. Four four CWSEAPA and and we'll discuss it. Okay, uh, so just so you know, let's say I'm in uh, business for myself and I don't know if someone is an employee or not. Who should I ask? 
No, I mean, obviously, that's what your accountant's for. I mean, that's that's why you should have an accountant. I mean, that is what an accountant is for. Absolutely. And like I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, most business owners just don't have an open line of communication with their accountants, or maybe they don't think that this is something they should be asking their accountant. Now, you know, I always tell clients I would much rather spend five minutes talking to you about something than um, two or three hours later getting you out of something. I do a much better job of keeping you out of trouble than getting you out of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ernest in Tulsa says that if he has to classify his subcontractors as employees, then he has to pay overtime, give them benefits and everything, benefits and everything else. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. You have to, uh, you have to do everything to them that you would do as an employee. I mean, yeah, there's, there's nothing that, that would be any different. So yeah, you would. And, and it's something that you just really, you know, and, and I know that's horrible, but you have to do it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cost of doing business. Um, I mean, absolutely. it just is. Payroll is going to be one of your biggest expenses as a, yeah, as a business. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You've got to be like, and, and you know, this whole show is about being careful. Um, it, it, it's about being careful with what you're doing. You know, um, uh, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. Absolutely. Well, we're getting well, no, close. Yeah, yeah, I know that we've got. Um, I know that uh, uh, you know there are a lot of things that we're doing, and, and we're trying. Some people, I've gotten emails later where people say that I'm trying to scare people, um, but I'm really not. This is really, really the law. So, um, you know, you really have to be very, very careful, you know, the, and especially something like this. So, mm, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely, uh, completely understand what you're saying. And I, I've seen some of those emails where folks are saying you're, you're scaring them, but it, it kind of makes me laugh because you know what? I, I'd rather you put these thoughts in their mind and, uh, and open up the uh, the line of communications for folks out there because they don't know. We've got another question here. Uh, Dale and Raleigh says that he drives a truck for a company. The truck is owned by the company and he works set hours and has to report to a supervisor. Would you say that he's an employee? Oh, wow. I mean, I, I would have a bunch of questions for you, but yeah, it does. It does sound like you're an employee. I mean, you, you're not an owner operator. So typically in the trucking business, you would have an owner operator, somebody that owns their own truck and they're, um, just, um, you know, being paid to haul, you know, from the, the hauling company or the transportation company. But, you know, the simple fact that these people have their own trucks or their own vehicles and you're driving them and you're working set hours sort of sounds like you're an employee, but I would have uh, a few more questions to ask you to, to, to properly assess it. Yeah, it does sound that way as well to me. Um, well, we have a final question of the day here. Gregory in Orlando wants to know what you think of the job that Mark, uh, and I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name, right? Right? Mark Ritt? Yeah, Mark Ritt has done with the hurricane so far. Oh, okay. Well, Sorry, I'm reading this question, and I don't know who some of these sports folks are. Let me set the scene for you, okay? I've been a Hurricanes fan since 1982, and back in the day, they were really good, right? So, you know, they, they won a national title in 2001, and then 
Um, we fired a coach, but it's been like the revolving door of coaches lately, right? So finally, finally, we get a coach that we can actually get. So Georgia, for whatever reason, doesn't want Mark Rick back. So we take him, and he has done an amazing job. So far, so far, the Hurricanes are now ranked 14th in the country. He has done an amazing job. They started off unranked. And I'm, you know, this week we open up conference play. We play Georgia Tech. So, um, you know, and then and I believe the following week we play Florida State. So those are going to be a lot of tests coming. So, you know, this is I'm really, really excited about what Mark Ricks has done. Okay. Well, there you have it. There's your Craig's opinion of this Mark Ricks guy. Uh, this is going to conclude today's show. <laughs> if we didn't get to your emailed question on the air, we will definitely email you back. Remember to visit us at taxavoidanceislegal.com throughout the week and email your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com or use all our, our little form on our website and we will definitely get to your question on uh, next uh, sh- on our next show. Our show is sponsored by Tax Crisis Center LLC and CWSCAPA LLP and you can always reach CWSCAPA, which is a nationally recognized random accounting tax and financial services at 844-CWSEAPA. And we also have a website, CWSEAPA.com. And Tax Crisis Center also has a website, TaxCrisisCenter.com. We look forward to you tuning in and checking back uh, for next week's show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend. 